The mixed martial arts community isn't one known to fuss too much about niceties. After all, this is cage fighting, not pillow. But if there's one thing that can still ruffle feathers, it's bullying at the gym. A fighter who goes too hard in sparring or takes cheap shots can often find themselves pariahs on their own teams. Today we're going to take a look at fighters who received the label over the years, whether warranted in their own eyes or not. These 10 fighters were known to go too hard, keep going after the horn, beat up on rookies, and in a few cases perpetuate pretty brutal gym culture. I'm Tommy from MMA on point, and these are 10 notorious gym bullies. Hey! Number 10, Conor McGregor. Who better to start with than a notorious one? Can you believe a young Conor McGregor might have been a bit of a bully? At least on his first day at SBG. It was all chronicled in head coach John Kavanaugh's 2016 book, Win or Learn. A decade earlier, a young and bald Conor McGregor showed up at Kavanaugh's gym looking to win but not learn much. In his first sparring session there, he would drop Owen Roddy with a big body shot. John said in his book, that wasn't the way we did things in sparring at SBG, but I decided to let it slide. That's not how we do things here. The way he figured it, Conor was trying to build a rep with the team, Roddy was their top guy at the time, but then immediately after, Kavanaugh would be informed that McGregor had just dropped Ashling Daly. When he returned to the gym area, he would find Daly keeled over in tears. It was at that point that Kavanaugh decided it was time for some learning, so he took McGregor down and beat him up until he, quote, got the message. While he said Connor would remain very competitive from then on, he wasn't being the bully he was on the first day. Ashling in interviews has said the hardest she has ever been hit was by McGregor. It's not clear if she's referring to that incident or not. But yeah, young bald Connor was a savage. Number 9. Zalim Imadayev Max Griffin, who has been in the UFC since 2016 and has been a pro since 2009, took a trip to Extreme Couture in the weeks leading up to his fight with Thiago Alves to get some training in. He was promptly warned by the regulars not to spar with Zalim Imadayev. Griffin decided not to heed the advice and approached the Russian anyway. According to Max, this was meant to be light sparring, more touch than anything, but immediately he was met with spinning elbows and flying knees. He learned afterwards that Zalim had recently tried to fight a teammate in the parking lot over a grappling session. The bullying incidents continued until he was reportedly asked to leave Extreme Couture altogether. Another incident at 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu saw Imadayev throwing a flying knee during Jiu-Jitsu class. The flying knee seems to be something he's pretty fond of, I guess, even while rolling. Perhaps the most bizarre accusation against Zalim is that he got into an altercation with Forrest Griffin at the Performance Institute. Maybe he thought he was related to Max. Griffin, Max, not Forrest, would eventually fight Imadayev and defeat him via majority decision. Zalim was let go by the UFC after controversial remarks praising a Chechen teen who decapitated a French school teacher. Yikes. Number 8. Rick Story Mike Pierce, who trained with Rick Story at Brave Legion, described an incident in an interview that caused him to leave the gym entirely. Mike claimed that an inexperienced beginner who had recently been suffering from vertigo related to head trauma was frustrating head coach Pat White by constantly covering up during sparring and said he asked Pierce and Story to go knock him out. When Mike refused, Rick allegedly dropped the fighter with a few big shots and then proceeded to hold the back of his head and kept hitting him in the face. Story has categorically denied any abuse by himself or White. He also claimed Pierce was kicked out of the gym for not being a team player and was simply out to smear their reputation. He did seem to acknowledge that a sparring session with the fighter occurred, though, and wrote in his statement on the incident, I listened to Pat's coaching and I don't think listening to my coach is a bad thing. Years later, another fighter would come forward to claim he was knocked out by story in practice when he was just an amateur. It should be noted, though, that this fighter, Austin Springer, has also been a training partner and friend with Pierce. Whether the allegations are true or not, they've stuck with story ever since. Number 7. Matt Lindland 
Chael P. Sonnen, who lived and trained in Oregon his entire life, has some wild stories about co-owner and top talent at Team Quest, Matt Lindland. Chael has told a story about Lindland dumping him on his head during a wrestling match, even though he was already up 10-0 and didn't need to, but that's the least interesting tale. A sparring session that got out of hand and needed to be broken up between Matt and Nate Quarry over jealousy regarding his title shot against Rich Franklin is a bit more compelling. But by far, the most insane gym story regarding Lindland is what he did to Scott Smith. Smith, who's probably most famous for his win over Pete Sell in the UFC, was a guest of Randy Couture's at Team Quest as he prepared for an upcoming King of the Cage title fight. During a drill known as Sharkbait, where Smith would spar with three different fighters consecutively, including Matt, Lindland felt he was sandbagging and only going hard when it came time to fight him. So he dropped Scott with a knee to the face and then kicked him while he was on the ground, resulting in a broken nose that would require a hospital visit, and as a result, he would be pulled from his title fight at King of the Cage. When Matt was forced to apologize to the gym about the incident, he instead used that time to weed out through intimidation, who had voiced concerns over his behavior. When no one spoke up, the incident was resolved. Team Quest sounds like a wild place. Number 6. Alistair Overeem when Alistair Overeem injured John Jones leading up to his first fight with Daniel Cormier, it was deemed an accident by coach Greg Jackson. But several fighters at the Black Zillions gym weren't so sure, because by their accounts, the Ream was a terror. According to the likes of Rumble Johnson and Gilbert Burns, Overeem would regularly cross the line while sparring and bully and belittle his opponents, often hurting guys. He allegedly took cheap shots at coach Henry Hooft and even took a fighter down during stand-up practice, resulting in an injury that would require surgery. The Jones injury didn't help his reputation, nor did his teammate at Jackson Wink, Andre Arlovsky, telling media he hurts everyone he trains with, including him, citing a knee that caused a rib injury during sparring just days before Jones was taken out. In a 2014 interview leading up to Overeem's fight with Stefan Struve, he flat out says that he's been hurting his sparring partners in camp, but he gave very little context. Some have come to Reem's defense, like Donald Cerrone, saying he's a great teammate. Maybe all these incidents were accidents, but there are certainly a lot of incidents either way. Number 5. Husamar Paul Harris. The man considered to be one of the dirtiest fighters in the history of mixed martial arts is apparently mean at the gym too. Shocker. When not getting banned by the UFC, the World Series of Fighting, or a host of grappling tournaments due to holding submissions too long, Husamar Paul Harris was training at Brazilian Top Team, where he began his pro career. In 2012, right around the time of his troubles in the UFC, he would leave the gym. It was then that his former coach, Marilla Bustamante, revealed how bad things were when he trained at BTT. Bustamante claimed that Paul Harris would regularly injure teammates while training training and was overly aggressive in sparring, especially if he was preparing for an upcoming bout. Murillo said, quote, We used to argue every time it happened, so we argued a lot. Bustamante would go on to say that he hired a psychologist to try and help Paul Harris with his tendency towards injury, but said it didn't work. For what it's worth, the Nogueras, with whom Husamar has trained ever since, have gone on record to say that they have had no such incidents, and that Paul Harris is a man with great character. I'll let you decide how you feel about that one. Number 4. Hector Lombard after defeating Herbert Goodman at Bellator 24, Hector Lombard called out his teammate Josh Barnett for a fight. Weird flex, but okay. Turns out the two had some serious beef, which stemmed from several incidents at the CSW Training Center, where they both for a time trained. Barnett's side of the story is that Lombard was a gym bully and went too hard on everybody. Hector claimed he broke Barnett's nose the first time they sparred, and he had it out for him ever since. Gym owner Eric Paulson did confirm the two once had a five-minute sparring session that ended up going 30-plus. He followed them around the mat with a mop to soak up all the blood. Another infamous story has Barnett beating down Lombard for bullying and not letting him up. 
a session Hector claims was Josh bullying him. But the label has been thrown around by others as well. Dan Henderson alleged during their brief time together at Team Quest that there were complaints about Lombard beating up the smaller fighters to boost his ego. Jake Shields has also claimed Hector has a reputation for trying to injure or knock out newer guys at the gym. Lombard has been presented with these accusations several times and has either pointed the finger back as in the case of Barnett or argued that he only trains with fighters larger than him so he can't be a bully. One thing is for certain, it sounds like Hector goes pretty hard at the gym. As for everything else, where there's smoke as they say, and there seems to be a lot of it. Number 3. TJ Dillashaw it's no secret that TJ Dillashaw and Team Alpha Male didn't separate on the best of terms, but if some of the allegations thrown out by the gym are to be believed, Dillashaw is a real problem for training partners. After the split in 2015, members of Team Alpha Male began telling stories about their former teammates' behavior. Adam Corrigan, who only ever had four pro fights but trained at TAM during that era, told Bloody Elbow TJ was probably one of the worst training partners of all time. He then went on to explain how the former bantamweight champion would take 18- to 20-year-old members of the gym and, quote, beat the living shit out of them, so they were crying on the mat. The worst allegations came from Alpha Male's top dogs, however. Both Uriah Faber and Cody Garbrandt accused TJ of causing Chris Holdsworth's concussion issues, something that would ultimately force the undefeated fighter to retire. Garbrandt recalled the story of Holdsworth getting a knee to the back of the head after a sparring session had already been completed, and Chris himself has come forward with a story about his first ever concussion, claiming Dillashaw sprawled on a takedown and then kneed him in the head Pride FC style. Dillashaw has admitted that he can be aggressive during sparring, possibly too aggressive, but denies the claims of purposely injuring anyone. For what it's worth, there is a video of K1 champion Tekaru Sagawa getting a bit of a post-spar shot by TJ. Not exactly good partner etiquette. Other stories of throwing elbows during jiu-jitsu practice or knees during boxing sessions are non-specific, but all of it paints a pretty negative picture of TJ Dillashaw. Number 2. Matt Hughes while this entry is Matt Hughes in name because of his reputation, the scope of what is covered reflects the culture of the Militage Fighting Systems camp during the time Hughes trained there. In Matt's bizarre autobiography, he recounts some pretty awful behavior, beating up his dad with his brother, being a bully in college, continuing to pound on an opponent for fun who was begging him to just take his arm and finish the fight, and treating Tim Sylvia like absolute garbage when he started at MFS. According to others, Tim would cry after nearly every session when he first started, and everyone but head coach Pat Militich wanted him gone. Hughes wrote several other passages about his dismissiveness of new talent at the gym. For a good chunk of the book, he came off as a huge jerk, which in large part contributed to his reputation as a bully. In addition to his time on Tough, particularly Season 2, where Dana White during several episodes described the coach's brutal methodology with a baffled awe. The mentality of MFS overall towards outsiders coming in could be pretty extreme. Militich has boasted that of 25 or so who came each month to train, maybe two or three didn't drop out after the first week, which was filled with brutal sparring, where new arrivals were sometimes paired with established talent and destroyed. Sherman Pendergast was famously KO'd three times in a single session. Ben Rothwell recalled a story of battering a cocky newcomer's leg, saying, quote, the guy was crippled. He couldn't even walk. Given Matt's position as the gym's top star, and the way he regarded new fighters showing up there in his biography, it's safe to assume he gave more than a few of them the business during these famous Wednesday sessions. With everything considered, it doesn't exactly paint the greatest picture of the Hall of Fame welterweight or his legendary gym. You can chalk it up to the time period when considering a lack of understanding about head trauma, but being a dick is being a dick, and that's not changed in the last 20 years. Number 1. Ken Shamrock 
Speaking of old school gyms whose methodology hasn't exactly aged well, let's talk about Ken Shamrock and the Lion's Den. At least at Militich's school, you got gym bullied in the actual gym. In order to train at the Lion's Den, you first had to pass a ridiculous gauntlet, more in line with military methodology of breaking recruits to prepare them for actual wars. Those who wanted to join the gym would head to a park and get run into the ground. Long jump rope sessions, 500 squats, 200 push-ups, 200 sit-ups, a mile and a half run, bleacher stair laps, 100 yards sprints, bear crawls up a massive hill, sandbag carries up the same huge hill. If you didn't die during this session, next would be hard sparring for quote, several hours. Sometimes between yourself and other recruits, other times just getting completely worked by Lion's Den members on the mats, who would continuously put recruits in submissions until time expired. Did you survive the first day? Congratulations, you're now a young boy. Oh, you thought you were a part of the Lion's Den officially? Nope, now you're the gym bitch until you prove yourself worthy of being a full member. All the cleaning, anything that needs to be done, the young boys are doing it. There's a story, I'm not even kidding about this, of young boys falling asleep and Ken whispering in their ears, I'm going to kill you tonight. So that's fun. They would also be subject to random rear naked choke attempts by Lion's Den members, so they always had to be on their guard. At least that's all part of the mythology. Fighters such as Jerry Bullender have said, you really need to experience it to understand it all. I suppose so, because from here it sounds like a considerable amount of unnecessary bullshit. The gym did eventually say settled down on the whole Sparta thing, but their original brutalization of new members has become the stuff of MMA legends. A big ol' shout out to my dude Luke Taylor for editing this video together. You can find him and his awesome digital art on Twitter at CoolToMe underscore. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.